This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hawn. I want to remind people, there is no award for coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody remembers, and frankly, nobody cares. And Dan Weeder. Particularly in this town, we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven-time All-Pro. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. Following the Bears, 35-32 loss that felt like a win to many people around town. You can get the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm David Haw from 670 The Score, the Mullen Haw Show every morning, 530 to 10. We'll be there on Monday reacting to this loss. And Dan Weeder is at Soldier Field still, covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. You can check out Dan's column at chicagotribune.com. You can check out mine at 670thescore.com. Dan, this is our instant reaction podcast. We appreciate the people checking in. There was a lot to decipher. 35 to 32, another offensive explosion by the Bears. Where do you start to process this one, and how do you put it into perspective? A defense that can't stop anybody, but suddenly a very exciting Bears offense. Yeah, David, well, I think we've reached the entertainment zone again, which is a nice place to be as a football viewer, right? To be able to have a game where you, where you feel like you've been entertained, you know, six to seven to eight to nine times throughout an afternoon. And I think that's what a, pe- a lot of people around Chicago are feeling, even with a 35 to 32 loss. They see the flashes of brilliance from Justin Fields. He throws three touchdown passes. He runs for 178 yards, more than any quarterback in the history of the NFL has ever ran for in a single game, breaking Michael Vick's record from 2002, breaking Bobby Douglas's franchise record from 50 years ago. And so you have these moments, right, where, where you say, man, that really is a lot of fun. Now, listen, we'll get into this in a few minutes. You do also have to take advantage of opportunities to finish games. And the Bears let one get away here late in the game with two possessions to either go down for a uh, game tying or go ahead score. And we'll get into that in a minute because I've got I've got a tweet that, 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 that rattled oh, my following pretty significantly. You lit the match and you should you you knew that you were gonna watch something burn, but you knew when you tweeted that you were lighting a match. I did not. I did not. And so <laughs> I, I, I do want to get into that in a few minutes because it's just kind of a rush tweet on the way down in the locker room. But I also do think in bringing what up bringing up what I just brought up is that you you feel in the locker room, right? Like talking to guys like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and Khalil Herbert, they understand that ultimately uh, they're gonna be judged by how they they meet those uh, game on the line moments and, and they didn't get there today. And so there's a little bit of frustration that goes along with the feel good look for this offense to to now be north of 28 points for three consecutive weeks that's a trend right and that shows you that they're doing a lot of things right got to continue to build on it I think it also as we just react to what we just saw the, the the thing to me that I didn't expect to feel honestly because I have been one of the guys who all right how can you just focus on the development of a quarterback in the midst of an entire season you got 52 other guys in the yeah. locker room, you got a season and a first-year head coach, and you want to develop a culture of winning. 
Yep. And Dan, today for the first time all season, the Bears did not win this game. And I came away feeling more positive about everything for for the franchise than I typically would after a loss. And it's because of what we saw from Justin Fields. And what we saw from Justin Fields was, to me, the kind of thing that you can't plan, that you can't coach, and you can't defend. You you can't account for special. and. Yeah. And, and you don't really understand either until you see it, how you're going to react to it. And today we saw a whole lot of special. And I don't know what this means in terms of the long-term prognosis. I think that we will deal with a lot of people want to exaggerate the importance of it, but at the same time can't ignore it because it was there on display. And as hard of, of a time as the Bears had stopping the Dolphins offense, that's how hard of a time the Dolphins defense had stopping Justin Fields. Yeah, there's no question about it. I, I, first of all, I'm just looking at some of the defensive stats for the Bears today. If you want to know what life in the post Roquan Smith era is like, zero sacks, zero takeaways, 379 total yards allowed. They gave up 143 receiving yards to Tyree Kill. That didn't even include the 32-yard pass interference penalty against Kendall Vildor early on. And so you understand that for the rest of the year, you're going to be playing these fireworks games, right? Like you're going to have to play pinball against opposing teams and try to keep up. The Bears did keep up today, right? They kept up enough to have the ball twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to go down and score. And so that's a, a credit to Justin Fields. You look at the three touchdown passes. You look at the fact that now now, when we were spending the month of September saying, why are they not throwing the ball to Darnell Mooney? Why are they not throwing the ball to Cole Komet? Well, now Mooney gets his first touchdown of the year. Cole Komet, who broke a touchdown drought last week, gets two more today. And you see them accentuating their strengths, right, and, and, and minimizing their weaknesses, which includes putting Bayless Jones as an inactive player today, right, as a rookie there, and, and just making decisions that help their offense grow. I thought Darnell Mooney said it best after the game when he said, look, like, we're just really embracing the process of our journey right now. And we know we have a long way to go and we know we need to get better, but we believe in where we're going. And that's the word that really struck me, David, because you could see it in his eyes that there's a belief now that when a play is called, that they understand, okay, this is what's required of us. And we're going to go out with the belief that we're going to execute it. And we know that that wasn't existent for the last three years. It wasn't existent for the first three games of this year. And so that's a promising step in the right direction. And that's the confidence that you see Justin Fields operating with, not only when he's running, but when he's throwing. And those short, easy passes, the controlled passing game, uh, the things that you need to have kind of in stride, on time, in time, he's making those throws now that he wasn't making before, and the offense is functioning and clicking as a result. I think that was an important step. Also, let's not ignore the fact that of all the history that's made today, this was only the fourth team, I think, since um, – no, it was the fourth game in a row. They gained 225 or more rushing yards. And I think, Dan, that's only the fifth time that's happened since 1976. Yeah, you might be right on that. I don't have the ex – <coughs> excuse me, I don't have the exact number on that. They ran for 252 today. 40 carries. 178 of those, though, are on Justin Fields' runs, right? Yeah, so right. You understand that there, there's something there. You don't take that away. Uh, but Justin was doing a lot more scrambling today than we've seen in recent weeks. And that's something I want to get into when we take a more constructive, nuanced look at this. Whether we want to do that tonight or save it for Monday, we can we can choose our, our, our battles. Uh, but I do think, ultimately, right, when we go back to this this idea of, of okay, so what does this offense need to do to go to the next, next level, right? They've, they've, they've gone up a level. There's no question. We, we will not deny the idea that they're growing. They're moving in the right direction. The arrow's point right they're trending right i just want to make this very clear to our audience that I, I i am very encouraged by by what justin fields and the offense have shown over the past six weeks you get to those last two drives david they had 12 passing plays called and they completed two passes for three yards 
right? This is crunch time in an NFL game, right? And you have two drives at the end of the game to try to go tie the game or go ahead and win it, right? I'll, I'll say it 15 times over, and, and you completed two passes for three yards on those. That is what Justin Fields is going to have to learn how to do. He's going to have to become a more dangerous passer in the NFL to truly put this team in contention to, to, to compete for championships up the road. I know we're not trying to compete for a championship right now, and we should embrace the, the growth that we're going on at this stage of the journey. And I am happy to acknowledge that. A really adrenalizing game. I said in my column that there were some intoxicating moments from Justin Fields today where you say, wow, that's, that's just special stuff. Ultimately, you want some of the special, uh, or more of the special, rather, to be on script, right? Like the, the on script corner route touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney, Beautiful play. The yeah. off-script touchdown run for 61 yards, beautiful play. But ultimately, you want more of it to come within the confines of your offense so you don't become so reliant on the the the, the scrambling and the off-script stuff. Those last two drives are good examples. Yeah, he does have ways to go as a polished passer, uh, an NFL pocket passer that can get you that kind of yardage in those, those situations in the game. No doubt about that. I do think that uh, they didn't get any help. That was a bad call, a no call <laughs> on the Chase Claypool interference because that was interference if the Eddie Jackson play was interference. And that, sometimes you need breaks. And yeah, you you're right them, about that. And the Bears didn't get the breaks. And I, I will say – That was blatant I, too. Keon Crossan pulled Chase Claypool by the waist backwards the, before the ball got there. No question one, in the history of NFL officiating that that's a blown call. You know, I think – yeah, especially – after the Eddie Jackson play, because it's like an NBA game. If you start to figure out how the refs or how the officials are going to call the game, you start to play accordingly. And if Eddie Jackson got flagged <laughs> for that, and I understand why he would, because there was incidental contact, Jalen Waddle went up for it. But then what happened later in the same quarter was even more blatant and more of an obvious example of pass interference. But okay, so that maybe contributed into the limitations of those drives. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're right, though. I, I understand that. But I think that when you look at where the Bears are against the defense they played, this wasn't a bad defense. This no. wasn't a, a defense that I think was – they also had Bradley Chubb and Justin Fields. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost not – I'm not tired yet because we have plenty of time to get tired of the question. But, like, is it sustainable? Of course it's sustainable. As long as he stays healthy and able to elude the pass rushers the way that he can so naturally – he makes it look easy, Dan. I mean, I don't understand why that wouldn't be sustainable. The only thing that would prevent it would be injury. 
Well, right. And I'm less worried about that. I'm less worried about the sustainability due to physical, you know, injury or limitations in in regards to that. My, I don't even want to call it worry. I guess you'd say small concern is that you can become over-reliant on taking off and running, right? And ultimately, again, in in, in big moments of big games, you're going to have to be able to pass the ball for success, right? And and so you're going to have to figure out how to do that. Again, I counted 10 tuck and run scrambles from fields today among his 15 runs. And one of the sacks he took was he ran out of bounds uh, i think it was either for no gain or a, a loss of one uh which adds to that total and you just i just don't i don't want that up in double digits right i i, I want the tuck and run scrambles to be around six you know at max and and figure out where they can be they were lower the last couple of weeks because i think that the tuck and run scrambles are an indicator whether it's justin whether it's the offensive line whether it's receivers it's an indicator that your passing game isn't working the way it should be right like every time you have to tuck the ball and run on a passing play it means something broke down and so you have to figure out a way to uh, reduce those breakdowns right that's the way i would phrase it in that regard we, we can get, we can get into this tweet right now real quick because i know we have a, a shorter episode on yep, the day after ahead. game because because the, the, the flare-up all right so it is uh 6 31 p.m on sunday right night right now i have 1098 replies to this it's going to take me all night to read those there's a, a 445 retweets and 1483 likes I, I think that's what the kids call being ratioed uh which means that you've put out a bad tweet somebody is going to have to clarify for us what the ratio <laughs> numbers are but there are people in there I, i'm going to read the tweet verbatim so that we can discuss what was happening in my mind what was happening in the minds of bears fans who were very uh disturbed by the loss or, or, or the interpretation of the loss, I guess I said, Justin Fields, 178 rushing yards, I believe established a new regular season NFL single game record for a QB. Still, when the Bears needed to throw it late, they couldn't do it. Okay. I was not intending to to start a fire and throw the match on, as you said. I clearly did, right? And so for that, I, I guess I will say I apologize. It's kind of a half-hearted apology. But I, 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 you should see some of the feedback to the this, oh, I, this tweet. I, I, I mean, I like, want to. I, some I of imagine. the stuff is not fit for this. You know, like I have, you know, people telling me I'm pathetic, that I'm never happy. I, you know, I, I need to reevaluate my life. There was one guy, I'll clean this up for the Take the North Pod audience, who basically said, because I said that I, I went back and said that Equinemius St. Brown's drop on the, the last pass of the game was, was a clear and bad mistake. And he said the mistake, and I'm cleaning this up again for the podcast, was basically that my father met my mother, right? That was that, that was the mistake. He he, he put it in some, some, some worse terms than that, David. And so if you want to go and see what social media is like after this, wow. this go read these comments. This is more entertaining and wilder than any three-word review we could ever do because people came after me. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be a wet blanket. I'm not trying to minimize the accomplishments that Justin Fields had today, which are undeniably promising, right? I'm putting that on record in every forum that I can, writing, podcast, video, wherever it needs to go. Justin Fields had a really nice day today. At the end of the day, though, when I'm going down to the locker room, I I, I just had the feeling in the last 30 minutes of that, that game of real time that, boy, there's a real opportunity here, right, to, to put an exclamation point on this damn day, right? And, and then you miss the opportunity to put the exclamation point on. I was just trying to point that out. I understand that Twitter is not always the form to put that out. So hopefully some of the context that I'm describing here will help people uh, not come to my door with eggs and anything else that they want, might yeah, want to I, throw at me. When I said you were lighting a match, I meant for like a, a cozy bonfire where you could discuss everyone's differences, not uh, not lighting uh, something that would be a big major conflagration. And boy, I just, it, it was... So that, that's a lot of reaction. That's a lot of response. But um, hey, welcome to Chicago 10 years later, right? I mean, this is still a very 
protective fan base and everyone's so desperate to see success from Justin Fields. I think we did see it today. Look, it's fair. The last two drives, you wanted to see him maybe make some throws and get some help from his receivers. For sure. But he did get um, – I like the way that he got some help from his offensive coordinator today. To take it back to football for a second, I think Luke Getze had a really good day. I like the way that he's using Cole Komet more. <laughs> um, I like the way that he incorporated Chase Claypool immediately into the equation, tried to get him some touches early. I also like the way that the, 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 the run-pass ratio remains – um, heavy run and just a lot of that is maybe because lack of protection those rushes are failed passes but Dan I, I think you do what you have to do I'm not surprised and I was, didn't mean this like in an insulting way when I asked the question last week but Tyreek Hill had more reception yards than Justin Fields did passing yards you're not going to win a, a ton of close games that way you'd like to have a little bit more balance you're right a little, a little bit more downfield passing game that will come but today the Bears will focus. I know all week, even Matt Eberflus kind of acknowledged it post game when asked about it. This was a step in the right direction for a Bears team that is now three and six. David, you also don't want to see Jack Sanborn chasing Tyreek Hill in coverage, no, right? No. <laughs> there are a few moments no. where you said, man, what was the call here? And how did they wind up with that particular matchup, right? And I think that Alan Williams and Matt Eberflus will go through that video tomorrow and go, my God, I know we're shorthanded, but we can't let that happen, right? You cannot let a game breaker like that be matched up against an undrafted rookie linebacker running across the field with seven yards of separation. And so there's things like that that need to be cleaned up. Look, how about Cole Komet uh, getting involved today? First of all, I mentioned the two touchdowns, but he had two rushes david he had a uh like basically a, a quarterback sneak and a jet sweep which were pretty cool a uh, little uh behind the scenes interesting anecdote about that on thursday afternoon uh bigsy and i brad biggs and i were, were at cole Komet's locker and we were just uh casually shooting the bull. Uh, Brad and I both have sons who pitch. Cole is a, a, a guy with a pitching background. We were discussing pitching for a while, and then we started uh, twisting Cole's arm to say, hey, isn't it about time you get Luke Getze to, to give you the opportunity to throw a pass? Right? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, keep in mind. Yeah, it might be there. And so then Biggsy approached him in the locker room after the game today. He said, how about, how about we, we, we said we needed you to throw a pass, and they gave you two runs. And he said, I knew you two guys would be surprised by that, that they, they gave me a chance to run the ball a couple times and so they're getting cold more involved and they're doing it in a lot of different ways and you know they could throw a pass off that action you could hand them the ball and then he could throw it and then that boom there you go that's the next step of that play so right listen there was also an end around today to darnell mooney and and you were in the justin fields post-game press conference where he acknowledged that that was a trick play yep. and mooney was supposed to throw it back to him for a wide receiver to quarterback connection i'm gonna have to go re-watch that on the video to see what broke down he was open he I can was? tell you, Justin Fields looked open from, from my vantage point, or at least maybe by the end of the play, there was no one near him. I think it would have worked. So that would have been cool, right? If you could have mixed in some of that into a day that was that was pretty promising. I mean, look, like you get to the end of the day and you've got 123 passing yards from your quarterback, right? And so, right. so one of the things I wrote in my column is we're nine games into the season and Justin has reached 200 yards passing one time. He's been below 200 passing yards in eight of nine starts, all right? Like if if we're not willing to acknowledge the nuance and the constructive criticism in the Justin Fields discussion, then we're never going to get anywhere. And, and eventually Justin Fields has got to be able to throw for 200 yards on a regular basis. We all know there's moving parts of this. We all know the offensive line is part of this. We all know the receivers are part of this. We know Justin's part of this. I thought Justin had terrific pocket presence for the first three plus quarters of this game. I thought in the fourth quarter, he, he started to get a little bit more 
itchy to run, right? And 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 to use sure. those legs more. Certainly on a day where you're doing it successfully, you that temptation makes sense, but it just can't become habitual. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of stuck uh, when it comes to big moments. Last thing I'll add, because we want to, this is just kind of a mini pod, a reaction to the game. And we'll do more on our pod that drops Tuesday morning. You're exactly right. The pocket passing, all those things are true. And I will remain consistent with wanting to wait until the end of the season to kind of have, you know, form a conclusion. But when you do something three weeks in a row in the NFL, you you buy some belief, whether it's good or bad. You know, if you lose three games in a row, that's that's that qualifies as a crisis in the NFL. If, If somebody might get fired under those circumstances, if you do something well three weeks in a row, you start to believe that this may be a trend worth believing in for long, long term, or maybe just the rest of the season. Justin Fields has played very well three weeks in a row. And I understand, and I, and I, yeah. I am going to be, you know, cautious in the optimism, but what you saw today, what you saw today is the reason they're copying Baltimore and their, uh, their offense is because what Lamar Jackson can do, people can't stop. What, Justin Fields can do, people can't stop. And nobody's going to bed on the future Bears schedule. No no defensive coordinator worried about him beating them as a pocket passer. He's got to get improvement there. But they are scared to death of what he can do to them with his feet and his elusiveness and his speed. Because that, those things are special, and I think you saw it today. Listen, and I think we talked uh, to Matt Abrifus after the game, and he talked very, very astutely about that from a defensive lens, that now you've got to uh, basically deploy another defender to have eyes on Justin at all time. And now when you have a, a fifth defender in addition to your four rushers having to account for that, you can do less on the back end with coverages and other things you want to do defensively. And so now all of a sudden you you, you get yourself uh, advantages in the chess game, right? And and so Luke Getze, I think, has, has seen that in the last month. I think Luke has been really good. I think we've talked a lot on this podcast about his ability to kind of stay in the now when everybody else is either rushing ahead or or dwelling on the past. And, and so I think that has really rubbed off on the players in his offense because he has created that belief, right? And Justin's ability to produce has created that belief. And belief is is the first seed to all of this, right? To get this thing going and to get it to blossom into something that's really, really good. Uh, look, undeniably a, a step in the right direction today, even in a three-point loss. There's no question about that. We may have to have discussions overnight to see if our Justin Fields development meter <laughs> needs to move the needle a little bit. We'll take a peek at that and come to a consensus before the pod that launches Tuesday morning, and we'll see where it goes. Do you want to give out a couple game balls before we uh, before we roll out of here tonight, well, David? Real quickly, I, I think I would give one to Justin Fields. Obviously, that goes without saying. I, I think I would also. I suppose if you want to give one out, I would, Chase Claypool got ready in a hurry and was a factor in terms of the downfield pass. He, you know, he got a, a pass interference call and he was he was trying to he should have gotten one late in the game. And just because of all he went through this week, I will give Chase Claypool my game ball. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and give it to a guy that I never really talk about in this podcast. It's Cole Komet, my, my guy that, who had 50 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns, right, which is a step in the right direction for him. Again, three touchdowns over the last two weeks shows that that connection with Justin Fields is is clicking, and it's about time that I finally acknowledge Cole's potential on this podcast, which is good. Final numbers for Tua Tungvaliola today, 21 for 30, 302 yards, three touchdowns, 135.7 rating. If you want to know what we're, what, what we're trying to ultimately get to, it's a daily like that right like that has to be in Justin Fields's future the Bears put up no resistance again no sacks no takeaways they, they just didn't do anything defensively that put them in position to win a football game uh it was Komet after the game that said look like he was very disappointed that they couldn't 
couldn't put a drive together late in that game and said, my entire time here, it's been the defense carrying the offense. Just once I would like it to be a, a, a day where the offense does it all right. And, and is the, the side of the ball that, that carries, carries the team and makes the difference. And the bears didn't quite get over the hump in a, in a shootout game here at soldier field. Tua completed his first 10 passes, and then I had my Twitter moment. I had a Twitter poll. <laughs> Will Tua Tungavailoa have an incompletion today? Yes or no? <laughs> and you know what? The next pass was an incompletion. Okay, we need to wrap it up. You need to make sure you get escorted to your car because you never know. Uh, Don't joke very, about that stuff, David. Be very, very careful. Um, and that was just a – amusing tweet i know that you didn't mean anything more than that but um, <laughs> there's 1700 people that clearly think i did and it's uh it's pretty hostile and and vitriolic out there in the twitter world who knows what happens like we could have a whole discussion on on whether elon musk can save me now but probably not oh god he says a different pod all together <laughs> all right let's wrap this up we are going to be dropping this immediately and then we'll be back to talk about this game and look ahead to next week's matchup with the Lions. Um, that's going to be very interesting, especially in light of what happened today. Yeah, how about the Lions upsetting the Packers? The Green Bay Packers in Detroit, David, if you want to see problems, scored nine points. And their quarterback, I don't know if you've heard of him, Aaron Rodgers, threw three interceptions, two in the end zone, and one inside the five. I have no idea what is unraveled up there, but obviously Bears fans will take a little bit of uh, glee in that. Oh, what a shame. For Dan Wiederer, I am David Haw. This is the Take the North Podcast. Get it on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening to the Take the North Podcast. Great talk. See you out there.